Hey, it's a me, Mario. Love Channel 101, but hate looking at shit? Try Frequency 101. All you gotta do is record an audio pilot, make it five minutes or less, and submit it to... Submissions at Channel101.com! The listening audience will vote for the favorites, Mamma Mia, and the top five shows will return next month. And don't worry, it's all audio, so you won't have to look at any flop dongs. Frequency 101, you won't have to look at any dicks or buttholes. You are listening to Primetime Flies, a Channel 101 podcast where time flies and we talk with all sorts of Primetime Channel 101 and Frequency 101 people, creators, writers, actors, directors. And the point is to get to know these wonderful people and we'll learn more about their craft, certainly their relationship with Channel 101. And I'll use my time to shower them with much deserved appreciation, affection, and gratitude for their work. I should get rid of that intro thing. You, 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 you already know what you're getting here. Also, I'm sorry for the delay. This should have been up by yesterday, at least. I'd like to get back on track with uh, Friday being the day that this goes up. Uh, anyway, the Channel 101 and Frequency 101 double cohort screening night was this past Saturday, and I loved it. I enjoyed the hosting by Bud Diaz and Abbott Gaith. They were sensational. Uh, there were some great new shows great episodes of returning shows and of course some tragic losses and i'm not even talking about pad uh, rest in peace kind of flaky you were adored and if you know the channels and who like the discord and social media uh and you can reach out to show some love to those involved in crafting the fine twitch experience please do do me a favor and thank them once again. It takes a lot of time and hard work from people who already work hard to do what it takes for all of us, including those of us who aren't in Los Angeles and can't go to Midnight Kids Studios uh, to feel that special monthly aliveness in this community, in this thing we call 101. So uh, credit to you. You probably already are. But follow at Channel 101 Official and Frequency.101 and uh, show some daily love. Because, um, you know, COVID times. Speaking of shows like Kind of Flaky that will be missed and are adored, you know what else was and still is adored? A little four-episode run of a self-canceled show on Frequency 101 called Caveman Cove, which was created by, written by, and starring Diana Wright and Annie Gerard, along with a small team of talented co-starring voice actors and post-production gurus. The point being, it was a fantastic, well-made, and fun-ass show. And I belong to the fan club. Um, Diana Wright was uh, kind enough to grace the airwaves on my prior cod, cod past, sure, uh, the Todd Donald show. And much, much, much later, here I am now chatting with the delightful actor, writer, producer, and more, Annie Gerard. When. The January, so almost a year ago now, mm-hmm. this will be the start of the show, me telling you this. The first Frequency 101 show that I submitted was Charles and Chesty. I'd never Which I loved. That's it right there. Like, I didn't know you. And I also, at that point, had never spoken to Abed or Sevon or um, the Ghosters guys. And that's who was on the Zoom when that January thing had like the live results on Twitch and you guys were all chatting about the shows. 
when mine came up, all of you who I'd never met before spoke so highly of it. I was just like, oh my God, they're mentioning something that I may. (laughs) Uh, And that was huge. That was huge for people who haven't done it before. And especially those who are riding the fences, they want to, but they're just not sure to get that kind of feedback uh, means a lot. And look at all of you who, uh, who were doing shows that month and the shows that you were making. Like, amazing. I'm such a huge Caveman Cove fan. Ah, it was so fun. I mean, I feel like it was just the perfect thing for that time to feel because <laughs> it was, you know, a year in or whatever, six months into the pandemic. And it was just like, I need to be a creative, but what can we do? So what a blessing. <laughs> right. Can I use that word? <laughs> Did you get roped into making a Frequency 101 show or what was? Um, Well, I've known Abed and Saban um, for years. Like Abed, I met through my husband and he was a groomsman and all that. So we all did like shorts together. They had me do a voice on Enter the Dark. Right. So I did a few episodes of that and it was super fun. And, you know, they were like, make one. You should make one. You should make one. So, uh, you know. That's what happened. I I don't know, roped, maybe gently strung into it. So, yeah. I mean, it takes, I'd say to me, it's the least amount of time because you are just doing the audio. Although, I don't know. I don't know if it's less time in a way than filming because with filming, like you just kind of have your sounds in it. Whereas with audio, there's so much more post, it seemed like, right? I don't know. With animation, even, that's a whole nother thing. Right, like, right. I imagine it takes longer to animate an actor than it is to act. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I did find that audio seemed a lot closer to animation, counterintuitively, than it does to just filming live action. Right. It is an interesting format, how we have frequency on a podcast. You'd ideally want someone to listen to everything, but if Caveman Cove or another show which is your show, hypothetical person out there, you're like, if, if you're just going to listen to mine, it's the seventh one in, yada, yada, <laughs> yeah. yada. I don't know where the question was going to come from that. If I forget. I did find that was another really interesting thing with creating the story because it was nestled within other shows, A. B, it was episodic in that you had to have a you know continuing arc but also you had to make sure that it made sense to people who had only listened to that and were only going to listen to that. Um, right. Yeah. So it was a, it was a lot of balls to juggle. I will definitely say that caveman cove among many things that it just did that I loved and, and subscribed to it certainly nailed what a frequency one-on-one show could be or should be. And I think that's definitely, you know, there hadn't been a lot of examples up until the point that Caveman Cove came in. And then, of course, there's Ghosters and Enter the Dark. Oh, um, yeah. Which are wonderful. I remember telling Diana, the co-creator, when, when she was on my po- Prime. <laughs> what, yeah. Uh, wonderful, talented, great to talk to as well. I think I said something about that it reminded me a little bit aesthetically to... Jim Henson's Muppet, the segment on Saturday Night Live in the 70s, which because I had I had the SNL 70s seasons on DVD and it's like the mighty Vavad or like and that kind of thing. And I'm just thinking to myself, Todd, you dumb shit. Of course, there's fucking Muppets on this. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Two, two, maybe more. No, two, two. Yeah. <laughs> three, but- three. There were three because Summer <laughs> was on it, too. 
three. It's amazing. Uh, Caveman Cove broke into primetime with its first episode on Frequency 101's November 2020 screening episode and concluded with episode four in February 2021. So almost a year ago now. This is a clip from episode one. Here at Caveman Cove, we'll not invented, but love invented, passion invented. We hunt, we hide, we sexy. Ooh, why rub stick, Grog? Oh, Erga, see. Ah! No, Erga, no scare. Yum, hook, mammon. Oh. Grog, right. Mmm, yum. Eat fire, I invent. Grog make fire on stick and in Erga loin. I could do a whole episode with you on Caveman Cove, and I I'm already analyzing myself in the conversation. I'm like, Todd, you're talking too fucking much. You're talking too much. Uh, no, please, I love it. I, I, I want to sort of uh, like ask about your creative life slash life story, but I kind of want to in every episode go over like a, a concept and just see. I'm going to fling it out there with my two cents and see what you have to say about it. Okay. And the, not a concept, but amusing, uh, <laughs> a thought, if you will. When you're involved in making the sausage, or if there's a better metaphor that I mean, pe- not everybody eats sausage. Well, you know, sausage as well. I mean. <laughs> Well, there you go. So sausage is an umbrella term. A tube-like food. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, at one point in your life, you just watch TV and you take it in and it's you're just figuring out what what a show is and you're watching and you're entertained and you're a child. And then and then you understand more situations as time goes by. And then if you're like you or anyone else who's in, in love with making and entertainment and you learn how the sausage gets made. It affects how you watch things. And some people who are like like super creative and into it, like they can't even watch television without either emotionally reacting as a professional or, or without criticizing it and contrasting it and comparing themselves. How would you say being a part of the sausage making, uh, <laughs> if or if not, has affected um, your ability to just eat the sausage? <laughs> Um, I love eating sausage. Uh, (laughs) uh, I think maybe there was a time in my life when I didn't have a TV, like for a little bit. I don't know if that's because I was adverse to it. I think maybe I was watching more movies at the time. Like I went through my little art movie phase, but no, I watch a lot. I mean, I watch a lot of TV, but I do find myself watching a lot of TV that's not in my genre. And maybe it's because it's easier for me to just soak it in. Like I watch a lot of like sci-fi and fantasy, like the Witcher, like that kind of stuff where I'm, you know, that's, there's no laughs in the Witcher. I mean, there are, but you know, I, I feel like everything I've worked on or written for or been in pretty much aside from like tiny forays into like horror movies, acting 
um, has been comedy. So right. I guess it's probably a little bit more of a vacation for me to watch fantasy. Um, yeah. But no, I I love just watching content. I watch a lot of movies and I find, yeah, of course you judge it or or like I try to learn from it. Like if, I, if I'm like, wait, something's not working for me. What is it? And then right. sometimes you watch something that's just like not for you. But I take that as inspirational because nothing's ever going to be perfect. Like that's my problem is like I'm one of those perfectionist people who's like trying to make things perfect, which is impossible. And so it just makes me go, just keep putting stuff out there. Someone might like it. Someone might make it. Yeah. So this thing got made and it had problems, but it had good things. Things getting made or not, that's a thing that I've been thinking about, too, when you think of the channel one one monthly thing where you have to... Wait, how did those words come out? The one one monthly model. And when I say making things now, I'm thinking about like you or anyone just making something. Mm-hmm. Uh, channel one one sort of forces you to apply what you're getting better at to the next thing as opposed to the thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no time to obsess because it's, you know... <laughs> You have a week to write, a week to record, a week to edit, and then it's out, which I think is really good for me. Yeah, because I can definitely get in the working on one sentence for way too long. Yeah. Well, I think you're hilarious, honestly. Yeah. What's that like to go from? Well, I mean, do you do you, do you, hilarious. Do you know you're funny? Do you think you're funny as well? Or do you just do it and hope that it works for other people and other people are the sayers or naysayers? of whether or not you believe you're funny. I love comedy, always have. But until one actually does it, like take me back to the first time that you thought, I got the the stuff, I got the chops, I can make other people <laughs> laugh, professionally even. At what point in your life did you say that? Oh, and then gosh. how did that go? Huh, I don't know. I mean, I will say I'm not my favorite comedian for sure. <laughs> like, I, like I, nice? I, well, no, I'm just inspired by people and I love yeah. being in a room of funny people. I love, I mean, like a writer's room is my favorite place. Having a group of funny people trying to make each other laugh, building on each other's jokes. Like that's my happy place when I'm writing alone, which I think is one of the reasons I love writing with partners, like working with Diana, writing comedy by myself I get in these little circles where I'm like, that's not funny. That's not funny. Nothing's funny. The world's not funny. I'm definitely not funny. You know, and I just do this little, whereas if I'm writing with Diana, especially with a deadline, you know, I can just blurt stuff out, you know, do the barf draft and send it to her, you know, and try stuff. And I feel like it makes me go, cause sometimes like, I feel like I go off on like some weird thing, but you need that or else it's going to be all very expected but I can feel confident that she'll rein me in if it gets too weird. Um, and she's so funny. I re- like, I think she's funnier than me. So if she thinks something's funny, then I'll, you know, then I'll be confident that it's funny. I don't know. Am right. I, I'm talking right now. No, 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 no. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Both, both the product, I guess, and the process are enhanced by collaboration. I mean, that, that is obvious, but like your example is, People need to hear it. Yeah. I I mean, nothing's funny in a vacuum. Like, I feel like I am so not funny by myself. Like the thoughts in my brain when I'm alone, Mm -hmm. not funny. (laughs) But I mean, there's no funny without an audience, right? I mean, 
your jokes are targeted at whoever is the audience. And then, I don't know, I just feel like having an audience, having someone you're talking to, to try to make them laugh is what makes you funny. Absolutely. I laugh more. Lars Midtune is a, is a one-on-one guy who I worked with on Charles and Chesty. And I probably laughed harder when I was on Zoom with him and going over the lines and messing around with it than I did writing it or listening to what I had at the end <laughs> and anything that I've written on my own, which is every other part of the the shows. I have no effing idea if anyone's going to laugh at anything that is supposed to be a quote unquote joke. Comedy, man. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird fish. To... <laughs> but we need it. It's very important. Yeah. I, I used to think, I remember years ago, when I was kind of newer to LA and I was having like Thanksgiving dinner with some people who ended up being very successful, making some very big shows. And I remember like going around the table and saying what we were grateful for. And I said, like, I'm glad I can, I have the privilege to, to work at such a frivolous career. And looking back, I'm like, what was I talking about? It's not frivolous. It's like the most important thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like it, it helps people like entertainment, music, comedy is like the most important thing like imagine having a world where there was like no radio to listen to (laughs) right or like nothing to laugh at so former self it's not frivolous yeah if there was a spectrum and frivolous was one side of it it certainly might be in, in in places where i live stop hoarding all the entertainers west coast or uh Or New York's or Toronto, because I live near Toronto. Uh, sidebar, which is where Bowser's from? Bowser? Yeah, Eric Bowser. But yeah, entertainment is vital, but it's frivolous if you want to do it and you have no way of getting to where the factories are. I- I'll edit from where you finished talking to this. So <laughs> <laughs> says that you, your childhood, you attended school in Central America. Uh, well, my my dad is a biologist. And my mom and dad were both teachers. So they, during the summers, taught at the American School of Guatemala. And I went to school there. So, and my brother did as well. So it was three years in a row, basically. Um, It was amazing. And then when we weren't in school, we were tagging along after them through the rainforest, doing like bird counts for the national parks. And my dad would like catch coral snakes in his hand and we'd take them back in a plastic baggie and... It was a good childhood. (laughs) And she was working on her material. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What's the deal with butterflies, everybody? (laughs) Wow. The following is a clip from episode two of Caveman Cove. Last week, Caveman Cove. Erga, coma, and pregnant. But who father? Handsome surprise brother Grog, identically dashing surprise brother Vlog. Ergo, wake up, find out now. Caveman Cove holiday special. Erga, sweet wife, wake up for Grog. Erga, briefly tricked into being wife, wake up for Vlog. Erga, sorry, me keep secret, you triplet with husband brothers. Wake up for Mother Boopa. Monkey doctor right. Beeping bird still passed. Shoo!
Whoa, Ergo, wake up! Where me? Who me? Why head and stomach bump? <gasps> Who are you? Ergo Amnesia? Me, Erga? How long Erga coma? Eight moon. Erga baby comes soon. It's almost shortest day of winter when we give trinkets nearby tree. Last Erga remember. <gasps> Hot light that cook mammoth. Fire. You remember fire. Oh, Erga love man who invent fire. It me, Grog. Grog invent fire. No, me, Vlog Invent Fire! Why Vlog hold rock? Vlog, no! Now Vlog can go to Grog Cave, steal fire idea. Then Vlog go to Patent Cave, make steel official. Must win sister lover Urga back. What feeling did you have of working and getting work? Just approaching the industry, as it were. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I was obsessed with television growing up. Maybe because, like, I don't. Maybe because, like, my mom didn't want us to be watching television. I don't. I don't know. Like, I just loved. We didn't have cable because we were out in the middle of nowhere. I grew up. This used to seem a lot weirder before 2016. I grew up in a um a very kind of small religious community that didn't believe in medicine. Okay. It was called Christian science and it was like prayer healing. Um, so no immunizations, which used to sound weirder before 2016. But many people, I guess, don't believe in vaccinations now. So my dad was the biology professor of a college that didn't believe in science, kind of. Which I didn't realize growing up, because everything's normal when you're growing up, that that was very counterintuitive. I think that's where my comedy comes from. Just having a foundation of completely contradictory truths. I think, <laughs> like, right. I don't know. I feel like, to me, that's comedy. Having, like, two things that are opposites coexisting in, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's normal life, and like that's where comedy comes from. Um, the truth is, she wasn't funny. She just came from another planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, uh, no, you're you're funny. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, no. I've had people be like, Annie always like throws out the weirdest suggestions. I'm like, I'm just saying normal things. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. So I grew up in Christian Science. Like we were a dorm family. Like I was born on this campus without a doctor and um, my dad was the biology professor. So like we'd hang out like with the rats um, that were meant to be fed to boa constrictors and I'd take them all home. And like, what do they like to hang out with? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? what? The rats. What do they like to hang out with? They're great. Rats are amazing. I, I saved a bunch because I'd be like, well, I want this one. This one I'm going to name Cookie and it's going to be my pet now. Um, and then my brother would be like, well, I want this one. Its name is chocolate chip and this one's mine. And then cookie and chocolate chip would get out of their cages. And then we'd have a bunch of babies, little <laughs> incest rat babies. And they're great. They're amazing. They like sit on your shoulder while you do homework. I don't know. People freak out about those tails, but they're such good pets. They're like tiny dogs. On but the capitalist side of it, I would watch that show. Keep going. <laughs> no, I mean, one time I think it was like, Right before, I mean, it was obviously pre 9-11 because um, 
there was very lax airport security. My aunt gave me a rat. I was in Oregon at the time, but I lived in Illinois. And so to get it home, I just put it in my shirt and hopped on a plane. And I just rode like on an airplane with a rat secretly in my shirt. And it was very calm. I found out later because it gave birth like two days after I got back to Illinois. I think it was extra calm because it was like in labor. No, I think it gave birth like immediately, like as soon as I put it in the cage in Illinois. So it was probably like in labor in my shirt. So I really lucked out because if I had like rat birth in my shirt, I don't know if I would have like disguised that very well. Wow. So like, what are we talking about? I don't know. Like airport security is like, well, I don't think there's any intent to sell, but it's, uh, I, I don't, what are we supposed to do here? We're not paying you for nothing, Johnson. Get the rat. Yeah. That's a crazy, but also lovely story. Life event. Sorry. <laughs> Life event. Yeah. It's a story. When did you come into contact with people who were like, Annie, you're weird. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like on pet day at school, I'd bring a rat. So I guess that was probably the beginning of being weird. I don't know. Like I, I got immunized. That was pretty weird in my community. Right. Um, So you're, you're more than average fear of needles. Yes. How did you know? Very scared of needles. (laughs) I used to be, but I've gotten over it. Wait, what, what are we talking about? When was I weird? No, wait, you said like, when did it seem like doable to do make stuff? Was that a question somewhere buried that I? Yeah, I'm. I'm so in? sorry that I'm. Uh, no, I'm a rambler, and I will tangent. You're gonna have to be running after me. Um, but I like that. I like. I like hearing people talk when it's not me on my podcast. It's. <laughs> it's the goal, and then there's too much of me, and I. I'm like, fuck! I wasted their time. Um, <laughs> everyone who who's never worked in the entertainment industry, like really, including myself, it seems like a pretty big fish. Not frivolous, but grand, for some of us unlikely or impossible and at some point for those when they cross the threshold of getting involved in it it goes from being is it possible to it's possible and i'm doing it well i have to say you know i i grew up in rural illinois like cornfields cow towns but also like going to guado like i was out of the industry um and my parents were not involved in it at all but i think i'm probably one of the more more normal and less creative people in my family like my grandma when she was 60 she's like I'm gonna start writing romance novels and she like wrote 10 romance novels um and my uncle actually like like I mean he helped me so much but he was he he makes movies he makes films he like he traveled around doing music for a circus for like 30 years um in the summers and then he would he would make films um he's still out here actually making films Um, He has one that's like going crazy on the festival circuit. So I think because of that, and he was always like making his own stuff as well as getting hired to do other stuff. Um, So I think maybe in my mind, it was just like, yeah, I'll put all my stuff that I own in my car and I'll drive out to Los Angeles. And he let me live in his loft while I looked for a job in an apartment. And then I don't know, like, I feel like for me, everything I've done has always just been like, make stuff. And then you meet people while you're making stuff. And then, you know, you keep making stuff, then the people that you've worked with that you've had a good time working with, they'll, (laughs) they'll become successful and let me do stuff with them. Like, that's my, that's my game plan. 
But just, you know, I mean, with stuff like this, like frequency, I mean, you know, I mean, anyone can make stuff. Right. I mean, you could just make it on a laptop computer or on your phone and you're in the running with, you know, the makers of community and and Rick and Morty. I mean, it's I feel like it is accessible. And but, you know, if you have a good time at it, that's the most important thing. Yeah. You know, I suppose maybe there are some people that they use so much of their creativity on something that's not their own and then they get frustrated. I mean, I feel like that sometimes. I mean, especially in the past year and a half, you know, I've uh, Diane and I wanted to be doing more frequency shows even. But there's an audience for it. (laughs) Yeah, We're, We're all waiting. Sorry. <laughs> We're trying. We're trying. It's just, you know, I mean, there is a limited amount of bandwidth and time. And yeah, when you're like working, you know, like we've had deadlines that we're doing that then take over the amount of free time, especially, you know, I'm parenting in a pandemic. So who knows what's going to happen if there's going to be even school tomorrow, you know, <laughs> like, so that does take up a lot of time. But I try to squeeze in as much creativity as possible. It's not like not asking permission, I guess, as far as like if people want to get into it, I feel like just doing it and not asking permission. I mean, that's the great thing about things like frequency and writing and creating rather than because I, you know, I started out just kind of acting and I think my writing came out <laughs> because I was like, no one's writing good stuff for me. So I guess I have to do it. And that that's the nicest thing to me about writing and making stuff is I don't have to have someone's permission to do it. I can just make dumb stuff that is fun. Speaking of dumb stuff, sometimes you're looking up stuff to ask a guest about. There was two things that I thought I would ask you about. One of them was search Anne Gerard and then the words lingerie girl pops up. <laughs> What's that about? I mean, that's probably about my uh, early acting career. I feel like... <laughs> You know, I was basically like tiny bit roles that were scantily cloud frequently. I was a lot of like vampire rape victim number one or usually like number three. Like I wasn't important enough to be number one. Um, (laughs) What was lingerie girl, though? I know that was in something. Charmed. Oh, right, right, right. Ironically, I was fully clothed in that, but I was shopping for lingerie. That was like my first acting job in L.A. I got cast on Charmed. I was shopping in a lingerie store with my boyfriend and he checked out Alyssa Milano and I got very mad at him. (laughs) And then they called me a lingerie girl. I was like, that's very misleading. Right. Uh, (laughs) I should have been angry at Alyssa Milano girl. Really? (laughs) Alyssa Milano looking character. Yeah. Um, Who's the boss now? Yeah. That, 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 That was not worth it. And I wouldn't, I would quickly erase it from this. Oh no, leave it in. (laughs) How do you boss them apples? I don't know. What? (laughs) Is that it? Is that the one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Nailed it. What's up, buddies? Kayla here, host of the podcast Screen Vomit, which is a movie podcast for geeks and freaks of all kinds, breaking down films from the last 10 years, joined by people in various aspects of the entertainment industry, including musicians, filmmakers, and even several 101ers that y'all know and love, including, but not limited to, Alex Kavitsky, Anna Saragina, and even Todd Donald himself. I love movies, you love movies, I've never met a 101-er who doesn't know what a movie is, but even if you don't, maybe you'll learn a few things, so check it out, Screen Vomit, wherever you find your podcasts. 
Please enjoy a clip from episode three of Caveman Cove. Husband brothers really need take tail baby away? Grog already explained, sister wife Erga. It tradition in family child immediately separated from mother. Isolation makes strong independent baby. Boomba invent abandoned baby tradition. Boomba real visionary. Also, great mom and amazing grandma. Vlog help with freak baby too. Just hire Sabertooth Wolf Nanny. Both have tails. It's perfect. Boomba go too. Uncomfortable around monkey doctor because she female. A super gross and against nature. It true monkey doctor? You female? Not no possible. What else female do? Oh, you show, Erga? What cross dissolve? <gasps> what this magical place with so many women, no men? Who squee? <laughs> I squee, head of Cave Woman Collective. Whoa, what do? We paint, we thrive, we hunt own mammoth. Like this. Wow, Urga always want throw spear. No need man for spear, and no need man for love. Urga so beautiful, so much untapped potential. Squee beautiful too. Feel free to tap Erga potential. Oh, oh, oh! Is that Erga potential? No, that clit. <laughs> and this is this has made me giggle on its own, but it oh, was. Oh. I googled mom tested positive for COVID. Oh no. Oh, mom. Oh, that's funny. There must be like a lot of kids using Google and saying mom tested positive for COVID. Oh, that's not funny. A, I mean, it's not funny, but it is. But right. mom tested I mean, is the show. It's tragic. Yes. Um, as I was in a show called Mom Tested for Awestruck TV, which is like a sis. I don't know if it exists anymore. It was a sister channel to Awesomeness TV. They were doing like a millennial mom's content and it was so fun. I think like my daughter was three weeks old when we started filming and it was amazing. They hired me and two good friends of mine. And so we just got to like go in and be ourselves and react to things like they had us go in. I think the first day we filmed, they had us like (laughs) drink our own breast milk (laughs) and uh, (laughs) they like whipped up some cookies with it and had us eat those. And we dressed up like Ann Getty's pictures and we wore beards and I don't all sorts of stuff. And it was it was really fun. We did that for like a year and a half. And then um, they sold the whole channel to like Viacom sold the whole. No, they sold the whole channel to Viacom. And then Viacom dismantled it to make a Snooki and JWoww channel. So they like took all our content off, which we had like millions of views on our videos. And they just took it down. <laughs> but they were really fun and it was good. But like the takedown... Like there's sound effects for that. And also Todd gasping. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I was like millions of views. <laughs> Just <laughs> leave it up. 
just rename it Snooki and JWoww aren't in this or something. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. That's but that was really fun. Um, well, I want to ask a question that would allow you to not feel like you have to like encapsulate the entire experience of motherhood. I don't know if there's a way to like relate it to your creativity. And also, I'm not a parent myself. I'm a, I'm a non-practicing parent of the world in a way. Uh, <laughs> and I also was thinking, did you just have another you, baby? You, you, yeah. You, like, did you just shit one out? Is that the way to say it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a six month old, a six month old oh. baby, as well as another kid. So I've got two, and I did just shit one out. Uh, <laughs> well, I just thought it'd be funny because like Todd's like doing this tadpole walk about like, is there a good way to ask this? And why not, why not just like run away with like, uh, no, I suck. I'll just say, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. miracle of childbirth, shit one out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the strength I- of a mother. Shit, one out, he said. Okay, sorry. Yeah, go go yeah. with it. I was a portal to another dimension through which my child came forth. Uh, yeah, no, I have two kids. I don't know. Encapsulate it. I Basically, learning that the second you figure something out, it changes. And uh, uh, I don't know. Like, you have no control in the world and just, like, trying to, like, enjoy yourself even though it's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Well, keep in mind, there's no wrong answer to this because I'm just Ron Burgundy's co-workers asking him what love is. <laughs> it's lamp. Definitely yeah. lamp. Uh- <laughs> you don't feel any less inclined to make things. I did take parenting once and I know parents. You know, it's 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 amazing. The, the all nights, the endlessness of it all. But like, if it doesn't stop your will to be creative... Is there something that you could say where I could just stop talking? And- <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like for me personally, babies are hard. Um, and I had my first kid and I was like, ah, I'm not a baby person. And I was like, I'm not sure I want to do this again. But then like she hit a point where I was like, <laughs> like I always loved her, but I like her now. And so I'm like, OK, fine, I'll have another one and we'll get through the baby phase. And I- I'm not going to lie, it does drain you a little bit of some of the creativity energy battery because you know it's very time consuming but it's short-lived and so I know like I can see the the window at the end of the tunnel but also I feel like it feeds creativity too like you you get to like see things from like a newbie's point of view yeah and also like from like different points of view because even now I mean like the younger kids like only six months, but she's already so different. So like it feeds my creativity too. And it also gives a reason like to do stuff. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> like There's like a younger generation that like, I don't know. I'm very selfish. I don't care unless I'm personally invested in the younger generation, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I feel like it just gives me a lot more things to Google and yeah. which gives me story ideas. Right. Uh, you, you are you are proof positive of someone who uh, who is a parent, but also not retired from the thing that you love doing. It happens. <laughs> it does happen. <laughs> no, I just went to a weird headspace. Like I was trying to do the rap on that. <laughs> right, right, right. So, well, in summary, what you're telling me. <laughs> fucking jackass. Stop. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, well, I'm curious. There's there's no question in this, but let's just reiterate the fact that you and Diana are still in, interested in wanting to make another show for Frequency. Yes, we have an idea. We have a rough draft, a first draft, and we are aiming for the February deadline. Fingers crossed we can do it. Yeah. Todd asks you a question that allows you to share a profoundly wise. Um, let's always play to the people who um, who have creativity in them. Which is everyone, right? Fucking A right. Everyone has creativity. But for those who have creativity and want to make something but feel held back by some kind of self-inhibiting we, we want more submissions is part of this is <laughs> they listen to frequency 101 maybe they listen to this podcast but they, they won't submit because imposter syndrome which yeah every single human has it i have it i mean my husband has it and he's been making huge things for since he was 16 and he has self-doubt i mean everyone does but oprah has it <laughs> 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 she why is she my my example <laughs> i don't know Kristen wig you got self-doubt everybody got self-doubt <laughs> um but yeah no i mean everyone has it right right it's <laughs> maybe sociopaths don't have it and i'm jealous of them i wish i was a sociopath yeah you're right everyone has it you know, people think COVID ha is a problem. Yeah, there are a lot of people have it, but more people have self-doubt. And that is a real <laughs> problem. It's an epidemic. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Way more people have self-doubt than COVID. Both are bad. We got time for one more clip, I think. And this is from the conclusion, episode four of Caveman Cove. That amazing. So quick, because know exactly what self want. Like, dream. Pretty sure pregnant with magic monkey baby. Uh, yeah. This totally dream. Pastor can sleep now. Urga! Plan go wrong! <laughs> Krog accidentally killed past Krog! And Vlog accidentally killed past Vlog! Must go back. Pretend nothing happened. Ho hum! We back from super boring time trip. Should be called snore travel. <laughs> wow! Bottomless pit suddenly so bright. Uh, should giant fiery ball in sky be headed right toward us? You morons! What did you do? Is Comet because Slog and Grog become own daddies? And killed our past selves? And Urga make magical double mother self-love create crazy freak time loop tail baby? Uh... Probably. Quick, Zog! Use your mini monkey god wish to save us! Oh, good idea. Um, long wish for 
Summit destroy Caveman Cove. That it. Thanks for all sexy surprise good times. And thanks for listening, Caveman Cove. Is there anything that you're working on that you're very excited about that you want to tease or promote or have people check out? I don't know. I mean, the stuff I'm working on several things in their infancy with Diana, you know, we're, we're hopefully going to um, <laughs> poop out a, uh, another uh, <laughs> frequency. Is that, that's what you said, right? Well, you I said say, we're trying and I'm like, yeah, it, it, it works out. both ways. Yeah. Cause like we're gonna do it. <laughs> create, creative <laughs> yeah. birth. Creative birth. Yeah, we're really, yes, testing our ovulation cycles of our creativity, um, which I'm excited about that. And we also are working on a couple of features that are also kind of stopping and starting in our uh, time schedules. As far as professionally, I feel like uh, for the past several years, actually, like right pre-pandemic, I started writing for, um, I've been working for a couple of different companies and one of them does a bunch of different animated shows internationally. That's my dogs. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> um, it's like a studio audience of dogs. Right. Um, <laughs> internationally. So I'm like writing for a bunch of cartoons for like Korea and Italy. Like one, we did a zoom meeting and I was like, where, like everyone was in like Iceland and oh wow, New York. I don't know. Uh, so those, those are scripts that like I finish and then, I don't know, two years later, they come out in like on Germany, Disney or something. I don't know. Uh, so I'm not really going to send people to there. I recently did a tiny, tiny part on a, a really fun movie that Carlos Ellis Rocky made, which I feel like you can stream that and you should because he's in it. He's great. There's a ton of like voiceover and animation kind of world people in it. Mm -hmm. um it was initially called i think witless protection or something like that and it's oh my gosh why am i blanking witness infection yes thank you it's witness infection what was the original name for it anyway i'll think of it like after we sign off um but yeah that's fun um and he wrote and made that with jill michelle million um who's in it she plays the female lead in it um right and they're great it was fun that's another example of like just making stuff right yeah is that uh sorry i'm i'm like i went on m i am imdiba when you were while you were talking oh yeah is robert belushi john or the son of belushi yes i believe he is yeah because he looks like him yeah and aaron hayes is also been in 101 stuff oh nice multiple 101ers in it it's such a small like comedy animation 101 i mean yeah yeah. i mean through 101 i've become sort of like a animation voiceover outsider nerd Uh so like (laughs) that's a really cool thing about how often you get to work with each other yeah is that something you notice it's i mean it's such a fun group it's funny because like i never did 101 i actually kind of like backed into Because actually, funny enough, speaking of Carlos, he introduced me to my husband. And that's when I met a bunch of 101 people because my husband had done a bunch of shows. Right. Um, um, But I never really did it. So it's funny that I'm like backing into it through frequency. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, you know, 
but I know like I know a lot of the people, but I just never really did it. And I went to the screenings. So it's I mean, it'll be exciting when I guess the world comes back. Have you been like keeping tabs on freak on Channel 101 as well? Oh, the whole thing. Yeah. You've both been lovely to talk to and someone who who I'm on board to ingest anything creative by. When I say ingest, I'm not going back to the sausage thing. I just mean as someone who likes being entertained. If only because of Caveman Cove, because <laughs> it, it was one of those fly-by-night, uh, strangers-in-the-night contributions from you guys. I know there's going to be more. I look forward to it. Caveman Cove is a superstar of a show. It's so funny and entertaining, and I hope I hope you're aware of the fact that, and in a general sense, that what you do brings people joy, and it's brought me joy, and it brings other people joy, and that it's not as frivolous as uh, see how I circle back to that. <laughs> Five year old me thought, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I've, thank you, thank you so much. That I mean, I I feel the same about it, and I don't feel necessarily personally responsible either. <laughs> Like it was such a group effort of like amazing voice talent and our editor who, you know, really, really added so much with jokes and timing and like, you know, everything and Diana and it was so fun. And it kind of brings a tear to my eye when you say it was, you know, entertaining and bringing joy to lives. I think that's so huge. And yeah, as someone who constantly has a imposter syndrome voice inside my brain that I'm trying to tell to shut up or like going, oh, that's nice, but I'm still going to do it. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's great to hear. Well, in many ways that are going to work for my conscious, there were two of us talking to each other. Self-proclaimed rambler, <laughs> imposter syndrome infected, people who talk. That's about it. <laughs> I mean, and, and I will say, like, because I feel the same way about, like, your sense of humor is great. And it's, I mean, it's, I don't, I, yeah, it's such a fun, exciting community to be a part of because there are so many, I mean, there's so many funny shows that are on. And I mean, even some that I think are so funny that don't even get on. And it's, it's right. exciting to have something that you can make just like a five minute show and feel like you're creating and yeah. feel like you're part of a community and have funny people listen to your stuff and listen to funny people's stuff. And yeah. Totally. Well, congratulations on your freakies. I mean, sorry. Oh. I was <laughs> just so you know, Todd, it was a group effort. Nope. You took complete credit for it. This is what I have <laughs> in my copy. No, of course. It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful That's group. Maniacal laughter. <laughs> <laughs> mine, all mine. <laughs> Congratulations to the Caveman Cove crew on the getting the lanterns. That was a cool thing to watch. And also, thank you for your time. Thank you. This has been so fun. Yay. This podcast features music used with permission from the Hollow Scene EP by Postmodern Machine. Available wherever you get bandcamp.com, but please visit postmodernmachine.com. This has been Primetime Flies, a Channel 101 podcast hosted by Todd Donald. Thanks for listening.